Hello. Well, I'd initially planned for this just to be one episode in this Interior Design Basics season, but as I tried to edit my conversation with my guest, I couldn't bring myself to leave anything out. Hence, this is going to be the first in a two-part interview with Jessica Belloff. Now, I discovered Jess through her incredible book, and it's called Individual, Inspiration for Creating a Home that is Uniquely Your Own. And as I read through the stories of the homes that she featured and the homeowners that lived in them, I felt that I'd found the interior styling book that I'd always been hoping for and looking for. So I am super excited to be bringing Jess to you and to be sharing all her amazing insight and tips for creating a home that truly suits and reflects you. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before we dive into the interview, if you're listening because you want to get it right in your home's interior design, well, let me take a moment to tell you about the online program, Interior Design 101. If you're like most homeowners I know, dreaming, planning and choosing the interior design, finishes and items in your home, it's one of the fantastic and exciting highlights of any renovation or new build project. And yet, it can also be a minefield of options, confusion and overwhelm. Would you like to simplify those choices and have total clarity and confidence that your interior design will help you create your beautiful, functional, feel-good home? Well, that's exactly why Interior Design 101 was created. Interior Design 101 is a self-study DIY program. It contains the full version of all the interviews that are included in the podcast season. I couldn't put all of the questions into the podcast, so we've got the full interviews in both audio and video format, plus extra content that's been specifically created for Interior Design 101. There's full transcripts of all of our interviews. There's also extra checklists, guides, design layouts, and so much good stuff to support you in the interior design of your renovation new home or smaller project. This program has been designed to help you gain clarity and confidence in all those selections and decisions that you need to make for the finishes, fixtures, colors, materials, and items that you'll be living with every day. So if you'd like to learn more about Interior Design 101, then head to www.interiordesign101.com.au and that's the numbers, the numerals 101. So Interior Design 101.com.au and I'll pop that link in the show notes as well. Now let's kick off our episode and let me introduce to you Jess Belloff. So Jessica Belloff is a freelance stylist and writer who contributes regularly to major interior publications such as Inside Out and Home Beautiful. She was Temple and Webster's founding head of styling which cemented her position as a home styling commentator and gave her insight into how Australians make a house a home. Jessica has taught extensively on the topic of creative design. Her book Individual Inspiration for Creating a Home that is Uniquely Your Own was published in October 2019 and I want to take a moment to read a quote here that I think sums up the whole book so well. Jess says, we all deserve to live unapologetically in our homes that are a true reflection of who we are within spaces that make us feel connected, emotionally rich and secure. 
As we strive for more meaning and authenticity in our lives, it's real homes that inspire and energise us. This book is a celebration of creative people and individual approaches to interior design. It highlights the unique stories that make us who we are. What follows on these pages is a snapshot of the variety of ways in which we live. When photographer Sue Stubbs and I set out to document the homes, we knew that it was vital to capture the relationship between the homeowner and their space. The story of each home can't be separated from the story of each individual as the space is coloured by their motivations, fears and desires. Ugh, honestly, I, I have highlighted so many things through this book. <laughs> I bought the Kindle version so I could highlight it. Um, it and it's just, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. So individual actually journeys to 15 truly unique homes that are authentic reflections of the people who inhabit them from an art-filled city terrace to a magical seaside shack and a 1970s era palace in the Burbs. It's also packed full of really practical, actionable tips and Jess has a brilliant way of giving you how-tos that are achievable regardless of the size or the type of home that you have and whether you would call yourself stylish or not. Individual is a stunning reminder that you don't need a bulging bank account or an award-winning architect to create an authentic space in which you can thrive. I know you are going to love this book and also meeting Jess and learning from her, from her as well. So without further ado, let's jump into part one of my conversation with Jess. Well, Jess, I'm so excited to have you here. I was saying before we jumped on that uh, when I first read Individual, it was like this beautiful gift of this is the styling book that I had been waiting for to give, I know so many in the UA community, uh, myself included, the permission to have the eclectic personalised home that didn't need to look like the glossy magazines or the latest styled images, but could actually be truly authentically ours and bring in colour and personality and the things that we love around us. And it was just this, this, it was like this great big warm hug because it was just this journey through all these different people's homes uh, that had such an intimacy and a connection about it but also gave such pragmatic, actionable tips about, okay, what does this look like for you, your scenario, your home, your life? Um, so firstly, I would just wanted to say a massive thank you for creating it because it's just, it's honestly one of the most beautiful books that I've seen in such a in like really, really long time when it comes to how we put our homes together. Um, no matter who we are, our budget levels, where we live, what we love, it, there's just something in there for everyone to feel uh, that they can claim who they are and represent it in their homes. And I just think it, it was it's just perfect for our times at the moment. So, yeah, huge thank you. And I just can't wait to share you with the UA community and for everybody to be grabbing a copy of Individual because, yeah, it's just it's one of those books that's just such a gift. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. I um, It's still a bit surreal. I mean, it launched in October um, and I still can't believe that, I did it, to be honest, <laughs> because it was such a passion project and just something that I had something in me that was like, no, do it, do it, do it. And, you know, you just get that motivation that just pushes you and pushes you and you kind of don't realise you're doing it. And then all of a sudden there was a book at the end of it and I'm still super proud of it and I'm proud of, you know, um, Sue Stubbs, the photographer, the beautiful work that we did together, um, the whole team at Murdoch. It was just a dream project that I really feel super special like I, I feel lucky to have um had the opportunity to do it um and yeah the the thing is I want people to feel good about their homes I don't want people to feel 
guilty or like they don't measure up. Um, you know, I love glossy magazines. I work for glossy magazines. I work in the world of, um, um, you know, retail and, and, you know, catalog, you know, image making and that sort of thing. Um, and I know what goes on behind the scenes and that's, that's exciting for me. I love the work that I do, but I also know that that doesn't always translate to how people are actually living or how people are, you know, um, respond to, um, you know, those sorts of images and those sorts of, uh, inspirations. So I just wanted to create something that while yes, is beautiful because that is at the core of what I do and what I want to, uh, produce, um, it also is something that's very, um, accessible and open to anyone really whether they are into interiors or not um the whole point of the book was to sort of say hey it's it's okay you can you know you can enjoy making your space your own um and you don't have to live up to all these expectations or or follow all these rules um and you know what your home will probably be better off for it if you do a little bit of rule breaking or you know disregard whatever the trend is or whatever it is so um yeah warm fuzzy feelings it's a feel-good book that I think is a bit of a leveler it kind of puts us all in the same category of hey we're just people and whatever our story is like we're going to connect with someone because of a similarity where you know oh I kind of went through that in my life or this person kind of looks like me so there's a connection there so I wanted to create something where people could have that um feeling of hey there is something in this for me oh it's honestly it's such a treasure I'm really curious how did you actually get into styling how did you sort of choose this as a career I didn't really choose it as a career to be honest it's definitely not how I started um I studied psychology and marketing at uni um, and worked in advertising for a red hot minute and then sort of went, ah, no, I need to be more hands-on and more creative. And um, I'd always worked in retail through uni as people do, you know, just a job in a, in a fashion store or whatever. And um, when the visual merchandisers would come in, I'd see them just rearrange the store, you know, spend a day moving things around but completely changed the feel of the shop. You'd walk in the next day and think, oh, it's a whole new store, you know, look at all this new stuff, even if it wasn't new at all, it was just rearranged. So that kind of fascinated me, the fact that objects could uh, influence how we respond to an environment and how we read a space and how a space makes us feel. Um, so I jumped out of advertising and into visual merchandising in fashion in the beginning, um, worked for a lot of sort of fast fashion chains, learned a lot about, you know, branding, about the retail environment, about consumer behaviour, which kind of, um, you know, did fit into my studies in psychology and marketing. So I, I did sort of continue on the path, but just an avenue I didn't think about at the time and started teaching visual merchandising at uh, a fashion college, actually, and did a year of teaching visual merchandising. And the college said, uh, we really like you and the students like you. Do you want to teach interior styling? And I kind of thought, no, um, I don't really have the experience in it. But at the core of it, the principles are the same. Um, and I just said yes because I put my hand up for things and I went, yes, I'll do it. Um, so ended up actually really um, uh, switching up their interior styling course and created new assignments and just had a lot of fun doing it. But 
it was there that I met um, the creative director of Temple and Webster, which at the time was just a, a landing page. Like it was literally a year, uh, sorry, a month, a month old. Um, and he said, I'm, I'm going to need some stylists, you know, to work for me because we're going to have to update, con- you know, refresh the, the page all the time and update the content. Um, he said, do you know any students that will work for free? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I'll work for free. I'll do it. Let's do it. I got along with him and I thought it could be fun and, you know, just and, – and one I think one – it was one day every fortnight we'd be shooting together um, with photographer and it sort of just got busier and busier and I became um, the head of styling um, and was with the business for eight years. Um, and in that time I learned a lot about how Australians put together their homes um, and picked up a lot of experience with writing um, and home commentary, you know, home styling commentary um, and always, always going back to, you know, my marketing brain, my psychology brain. So it's always been there. And so it's not like I look back and go, oh, what a waste of time. I wish I didn't do that. I, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm really happy that I have that. Um, and then, yeah, just I at the beginning of this year, I started um, full time freelance. So I left my my family at Teen W and, and jumped out into the world. Um but I, I've been doing freelance for um, – I've been part-time with Temple and Webster. I'd, I'd been part-time with Temple and Webster for um, a couple of years. So it was kind of like a just the next stage, I guess. And and so now I'm excited to, to write and style and um, see where individual goes in terms of what the next sort of iteration is of it. I don't know about book number two yet. We'll see. But, um, um, yeah, that's that's kind of me in a big nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I always love hearing how the, in hindsight, the dots always connect. It doesn't feel like that at the time, does it? But the dots do always connect, you know? So it's, it's always fascinating to see how one piece of uh, education or experience does tend to inform the next. And yeah, you get this beautiful opportunity to look back when you threw it all and go, oh, actually that does look quite logical and seamless, but it never feels like that at the time. Absolutely. And I've, you know, in the past, I've worked a lot with with students and you know, budding stylists and people who are keen to crack the industry. And um, I think for a lot of them, it, it's it's a matter of oh, what's the, what's the ABC? Uh, you know, how do I get for, you know from there to there? And surely it's just a nice clear direction. Nope, <laughs> it's not. But the thing is, it it um what you can bring um in terms of your you know those gathered experiences is is what the industry needs as well. Um, you know those different viewpoints and and just seeing uh you know things through a different lens. Um, you know, like Sabella Court with her background in in history and um, you know. Uh, there's um you know whether it's sciences or whatever it is there's just it's it's really cool to see it fascinates me the creativity and and the psychology of it fascinates me so um I love hearing about people's stories too yeah, that's awesome <laughs> and it's very clear that hearing about people's stories was at the core of individual and getting to meet some amazing people and getting them to open up their homes to you it looked like it was just this gorgeous adventure of of kind of navigating all of that how did you find the people that featured in the book and and then convince them to open up their homes to you in such an intimate way? Because I think that's part of the success of why we feel so connected to their stories and to their homes in the way that it's presented. Yeah. I mean, I started with people I knew, so there was that trust there. Um, so 
whether it was someone that I'd known from 20 years ago or someone who I'd just sort of started working with in the past five years, um, working in the creative industry, you know, you sort of know other creatives and get to, you know, get a little peek into to their life. So um, I started there and then this beautiful thing would happen where someone would, um, you know, we'd be photographing the house and, and that person would say, oh, you should actually visit my friend in Melbourne. I think they'd really get this book and, and their house would be amazing and you'd love it. Um, and and then what happened was there was actually a ch- there's a chain of friends um, across a couple of states, but a chain of four friends who it just went from you should go there, you should go here, you should go here, you should go here, and I was open from the very start saying that uh, this is a book that is not just about your home, um, it's about you. It has to be about you because that is at the core of what I'm doing here where it's uh you know it's it's human centered um so everyone who is in the book and t- to be honest too we didn't shoot anything that um didn't make the cut everything we shot every home that we shot um made it into the book we shot so much per house i have three whole other books worth of images <laughs> <laughs> um, so but everything that we everything that I picked and and you know set up um was included um which was amazing so I just set out to make sure that each home stood alone in in style in story I wanted to represent you know different relationship structures different family units um and so I did have a big spreadsheet of, which sounds weird that I would have a spreadsheet, but <laughs> numbers and stuff normally isn't my thing. You know, it, I just sort of, it was a very uh, structured approach that I had. Um, and I would, I did become a bit of a stalker on Instagram, I have to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, this day and age, a lot of people are sharing their homes and it's it's beautiful and so I'd sort of zoom in on someone and just be like oh okay um you know that's an interesting little snippet of a living room I can see but also the fact that these people were sharing on social media made me think okay they're they're willing to open up a little bit so maybe they'll be into it um and when I did get rejections, it was sort of about, you know, oh, we're about to have a baby or we're about to move. Um, but, you know, the the feedback was always, what a beautiful idea. And so the more that I reached out and talked to people about it, um, the more excited I got about the actual topic because so many people were like, yes, this makes sense and this needs to happen. So, yes, sign me up. Let's do it. (laughs) That's beautiful. And I think that that's that's one of the successes of the book is that each home does – there's not a level of sameness through it. It is like there is something in there for everyone. Um, and and like you say, different family structures, different uh, choices about how they're living and how their home reflects those different choices, sort of value structures in how they fit into society and what they prioritise for their lives and their lifestyles. So all of that comes through in the way that the homes are photographed and the way the stories are told. So you actually say in the book, I'm just going to read this out, This book throws out restrictive interior styling rules and instead offers advice that is practical, realistic and ever so aware of the fact that 
Most interesting homes are the ones that bend to the whims of the owner and evolve as life rolls on, which I just, I've highlighted, highlighted, highlighted. (laughs) Because I think that, you know, styling has become this industry that's really taken on a life of its own. I think back to my early architectural career and styling didn't exist. You know, it's been this thing that's sort of just snowballed and now it's a specific industry specialist that you can hire on their own to kind of help you wherever you're at in your project. And it has become quite formulaic and rules-based because obviously a lot of people are trying to teach it a lot of people are trying to learn it and I think that there's this element of people kind of losing trust in their own likes dislikes personal preferences tastes and looking for the rules to achieve the right look based on what an interior stylist formula might be and you you taught you know visual merchandising as you said and styling to students at the White House Institute White House Institute of Design um And I do love that the book is kind of this instructional thing, but I never felt like it was a bunch of rules as I was reading through it. I wanted to go through some of the specific lessons that you had, and I really encourage people to grab a copy of the book. You you go through each each person's home, you hear their story, you see how it's represented in their home, and then Jess has structured this beautiful lesson that kind of reflects on the home, but all the lessons tie together to kind of be this holistic lesson about all the projects in the in the all the homes in the book, and it's just um and and a series of lessons that you can apply to any home on any budget anywhere so one of the lessons that you actually had was about how to live with vintage and antiques and this one I resonated with particularly because I have a lot of my my grandmother carved furniture late in her life so my dad couldn't part with any of it and I've ended up with a lot of it and so it's this kind of mahogany furniture that's been carved by her doesn't really it sort of arrived on mass (laughs) and it's like all these pieces in her home and I know I grew up with antique furniture and constantly put a coaster underneath that, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and um, and in the the project that the home that you use and the story that you use is actually Eddie and Erica, and they own and work in a furniture showroom. But you point out that a showroom is no place to live. It's like the set of a play. A showroom isn't a personal space in which to be. It's no place for the tangle of layered memories and the mercurial nature of daily life. And and then you talk about how old pieces can be reassuring and actually uh, symbolise steadiness. Can you talk through how we can think about inherited and secondhand pieces, vintage and antique, and perhaps incorporate them into the way that we're styling and creating our homes and why they can be hugely beneficial in us doing that as well? Mm. Look, I think that they're beneficial because they bring soul into a space. They've lived a life, so they're kind of infused with this feeling of, um, you know, stories past and, um, you know, the the knocks of of the past are little reminders of, of where it's been and it kind of is humbling. As a human, you kind of go, oh, okay, you know, that there is – stuff that's happened before me and there'll be stuff that's happened after me. And, and so, you know, it's a nice little reminder of our own humanity, I guess, to get quite philosophical about it. Um, but I think that, you know, it, because when it comes to secondhand shopping, whether it's your op shopping, your garage sailing, your curb crawling, what, which is a term that I love, um, i.e. pulling things off the side of the road at, um, you know, council cleanup time. Um, it isn't catalogue shopping where you can just go, all right, I'll get that table and I'll match it with those chairs and I'll match it with that sideboard. So there is this sense of 
uh, like serendipity, I guess, in some ways, because you have to wait for the pieces to come to you to a certain point. Um, so a lot of the people that I spoke to for the book and just, you know, my, my, my parents are big secondhand shoppers. We'd get dragged along to garage sales and op shops and, and all the rest. And I'm ever so grateful for it. At the time, I was probably like, oh, dusty, gross. But um, I love it now. But it, it's the thrill of the find that so many people are addicted to where, you know, all of a sudden you think, oh, actually, I do need a bigger bookshelf. And then all of a sudden you, you see it in an op shop and it's 30 bucks and you, you know, it's the right measurements. And that is a feeling of, my gosh, I won the lottery, you know? So it's a, you're a bit more invested in it in an emotional sense um, because it's come to you and something has aligned where, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's filling that gap that you had and it's um, every day that you walk past it or you sit your cup on it or whatever it is, it's a nice little reminder of, oh, yeah, that was that day that I found that thing and I was feeling good that day or remind me of, you know, the great lunch that we had after it or what have you. So it, it, it just sort of adds this, this layer of story to your space. Um, I mean, you know, there, there are the environmental uh, benefits to it as well you know we we've heard about fast furniture you know coming from that idea of fast fashion fast furniture and this idea that we have to churn through um, the stuff in our home and update it every season and we all know what that's doing to the environment and to our climate um, and you know landfills are just exploding so um, the idea that you can save something from landfill is you know heartwarming as well it's sort of you're doing your bit by adding more things to your house but you're, you're doing your bit you know um saving something off the side of the road like it's you know it's like why would you why would you go and buy a designer dog when you can you know from a from a farm when you can get a cute little scruffy thing from the shelter you know <laughs> even my dog even my dog is second <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it's a very different mindset isn't it and I think I mean I've watched um, a lot of Australian designers have their businesses decimated by um, by Kmart bringing in a copycat range you know that's kind of 15% of the price and mass manufactured and this you know this designer has been creating this thing for some time just has the business cut out from underneath them and it's it is very tricky it's obviously a lot slower you have to have a lot more patience and that delayed gratification which I think is actually a really gorgeous thing I, I'm like you I've had to curb my habit quite considerably because my husband got sick of the phone calls from the side of the road hey hun can you come help me load this into the back of the car I found this amazing xyz yeah <laughs> Yeah, in there, done that. <laughs> but I still, you know, I still, we've got rid of a few bits and pieces over the years, but I still got some key pieces and I remember the, the sense of win and then obviously what that piece, you know, the, the chair that I that I had to nurse all three kids in was a roadside find that I then did up and I made new cushions for and then proceeded to, you know, feed three children and it now sits in my office and, you know, it's a chair that I sort of sit and read on and that kind of stuff. And I look at it and I go, it's nothing really, it's a lovely timber chair. It's, you know, the handles are really lovely on it and the armrests and everything like that. But yeah, it's it's all the stories that come with it, and I can't think. I can't imagine now that it's, I've fed my three children, and I can't imagine parting with it. You know, so yeah. it's uh, and it's probably really well made, right? Like they don't make them like they used to. You know, like it. 
Um, and that's the trouble with the, you know, the fast furniture sort of spin is that they're just, they are just producing things cheaply and quickly and, and they're not designed to last. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, like we have to replace, it's disposable, yep. you know. Um, and the high so, volatile organic compounds and, you know, the particle board inside it and it sags when it's got anything heavy on it after 12 months. and Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I, look, I recognise that, you know, not uh, secondhand furniture shopping isn't for everyone and you know I, I have pieces that are new and they did arrive flat packed and it did take me 17 hours to put them together so that's not a nice memory to have. um and you know they're functional and that's fine and and for some people they just don't have the time to to do that you know curb wrangling or you know hunting down that special piece so um you know I, I recognize that 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 is some the way people live also of course um but I guess that the point is like you know people you know the book and, and people like yourself it, it it's about sort of highlighting the fact that no you, you can live with secondhand stuff and it doesn't have to be that it's flea infested or it's you know falling apart or it doesn't have to be you know daggy and and so it's just I guess the awareness of it and making it okay for I think I mean I think you know the the millennials and I guess the millennials are getting older now, but, you know, uh, you know, the younger generations as they're um, moving out and, uh, you know, and the education and the way that we talk about the environment um, and just sort of the social um, movements that are happening, you know, in wider society, there is more awareness of, of, you know, it's okay to to slow down and it's okay to turn away from you know the fast and um and I think that we'll see a shift in in the generations where they're like oh grandma's car furniture bring it on like you know no one else has this and this is what's going to make it you know make my apartment cool so um it's nice to see that and I'm hopeful that you know that I mean, it means that all the good stuff goes out of op shops sooner, but (laughs) (laughs) what can you do? Be elbowing each other out, won't we? (laughs) I think the key to it is is just the the slow down. Just slow down. Don't expect – your home does not have to be magazine worthy day one of opening the door. And you can give yourself time and perhaps it's that your budget can't justify all of that expense outright. But what can you read? Like I look at the furniture pieces that my husband and I repurposed as we were kind of moving through different stages. I mean, I remember the the table that we had, I had this old chest of drawers that I'd moved out of home with and we needed some storage for our son when he, when he arrived and a changing table and there wasn't really enough room in the room to have storage and the changing table so my husband chopped the bottom drawer off this chest of drawers we put some legs on it so it was the right height he made like a changing table top for it equally we could have bought something from somewhere sat that on top and that was what became the changing table and the storage and and I put a coat of you know a couple of coats of paint and changed all the handles on it and it's just I suppose having that um, it does take you obviously to have time and perhaps you don't have that time but I find that there's actually a really lovely joy in making the time for something like that and and making space and just, you know, I now look at that chest of drawers and think of the fact that we didn't just walk out and buy a cheap piece of Ikea furniture, but we reuse something that we had around us and, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, there's always a kind of that sense of, well, if I looked at my hourly rate on that, you know, and it would have cost more than the item. But I just, yeah, I feel like, like you that everything around us, tells our story and also adds another layer to our story 
And so it's where are the where are the opportunities for you to do that? Where does it not make sense time wise or financially to just go and get what you need to sort yourself out? But also don't feel like it all has to be done yesterday, you know? So and that's what I loved. The project, the homes, I keep calling them projects because that's the architect in me, but the homes in the book, um, the homes in the book all showed stories that had been created over a period of time. There was no impatience about how those homes had been created. There was this con- this faith in the fact that this is a development, you know, and that it's something that will continue to evolve yep. throughout the future. So, And that is exactly what's happened. The amount of change that all of those homes have gone through is incredible to see. Um from, you know, people moving out of those homes to wall colours completely changing, layouts completely changing, to babies being born, to marriages, um, sadly a a death, which, um, you know, I I, um, talk about in the book because it sort of happened in the middle of of the production of the book. But um, our our home is just a, a slice of life at any given point in time. It's just a little static point. Um, and humans, you know, we change, we evolve, we grow every single day. Some days we do more growing and changing than others. Um, but it doesn't make sense for a house just to stay static because then it is a showroom. Then it is, you know, a a movie set. It's not actually bending and, and evolving as that person, you know, changes, as life changes, as, you know, whatever it may be in, in that person's life. But that, that was an incredible thing that I did not anticipate in, in making the book, the fact that there's actually one house, um, Adam, the stylist in, in Bondi Junction, who I think it was the second house that we shot um, and we realised we needed some extra shots. So we went back um, it was a, maybe a month and a half later He'd completely changed everything. Like, Adam, Inclu- how dare you? This doesn't work for continuity. <laughs> <laughs> Including his hair hair colour. So his hair had changed as well. <laughs> and it just it just was this excellent um, you know, proof of the point that no, these are real homes. <laughs> this is what happens, you know. <laughs> um and it's interesting, like in my in my work, um, with the mags, with the magazines, you know, I, I write house stories and I also style these stories and it always fascinates me to, some. in some cases I'll work on creating the images um, with the photographer in the house, so styling the images before I've actually met the homeowner. Um, or I write the story based on a contact sheet of images that another photographer has done and I haven't met the homeowner. And I make assumptions about, who these people are based on, you know, what books are on their shelves, how much stuff they have on their coffee table. And it's just interesting. I'm, I'm writing a story at the moment where um, I was given the images and the contact details of the homeowner. Um, they said, and, you know, the editor said, just reach out and do your, your phone call or what, however you want to do it. Um, the home is this incredibly sleek, amazing, you know, incredible designer pieces and it's all black and moody and gray and big statement pendants and and it just so fashionable and chic you know and in my head I was like okay they you know she's you know they're in design or they have you know an incredible interior design or whatever it is and um in interviewing the homeowner I was blown away because they had three kids and she was an interior stylist which makes sense but um 
you just you make these assumptions based on stuff and it's interesting sometimes for magazine land the images that get chosen might not be that true indication of of who these people are so as the writer of that story i've got to dig deep you know to find where is that um where is that little core um point of you know what is at the core of these people um Whereas in, you know, in, in my, my book, you kind of just walk in and go, wow, yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is all you. Yeah, you I know, know you. <laughs> yeah, I, I exactly, exactly. Yeah, and more importantly, yeah. you know you. Like you, that homeowner, like I looked in that book, in that, like when I was reading Individual, I was like, these are people who have done work to know themselves. Like they they have really uncovered who they are and they're really proud of who they are. There's a confidence about who they are and that's coming through in the way that it shows up in their homes. There's no, yeah, they've, they've, they've done that kind of self-exploration and, and been then able to put that on display. So yeah. it's. And willing to experiment too. Yeah. And worry that, you know, what's in your house. No one has to see it if they don't want to. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I think that's what I, I realized, you know, with my time at Temple and Webster was that a lot of Australians are just scared to, to make choices or just to do something, um, you know, because we do compare ourselves to the perfectly styled images um, and, you know, the, the home renovation shows where very unrealistically they'll build a house in two days or whatever it is, you know. So there's kind of these standards that the media are setting which really aren't achievable or, or beneficial, I guess, or good for us. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope that the book sort of makes people feel that little bit more confident and that little is a little tap on the shoulder to say, hey, you can do it. Just yeah. just do it. Just yeah. do it. You feel better. <laughs> and you, you get that sense of pride, you know, the the unit that you and your husband, ren- um, you know, renovated and repainted to for the baby change table, you know, there's that sense of pride of, I made this, I did this, no one else has this, you know. Yep. So that and, and that that's good for us all. Yeah. Isn't Jess fantastic? I really hope that you enjoyed that first part of our conversation and that you've already got some great takeaways uh, that you can really, you know, put into action and think about how you're going to design and style the interiors of your new home or renovation and ultimately create something that uniquely suits and reflects you. Now, remember to head to the show notes. I've got a link there to check out Jess's book and uh, to share with you where you can find her online as well. You'll also find the link to learn more about Interior Design 101, which is our self-study online program that will help you gain clarity and confidence for the interior design of your future home. Now, inside Interior Design 101, there's a huge range of interviews on all things interior design, and we've got full transcripts, videos, checklists, guides, so much good stuff to support you in the interior design of your renovation, new home or smaller project. Now, in my next episode, we're going to have Jess back and she's going to be talking more about styling ideas for your home. We're talking about balancing style and function in a small home, about thinking about how to celebrate the quirk of your home and how to choose objects that you surround yourself with so that they help you to remember to keep learning and playing. She's got loads more inspiration and tips to share with you. So make sure you tune in then. As always, huge gratitude to you. Thanks for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time.